Hi, everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host, Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I am fantastic, and it's always good to have a baby save the day at the end and no one know it, just like in real life. I, real life? Exactly. Didn't you know uh, babies are our guardian angels? They're always in the background shooting those who would hurt us. I think that's I don't think that's true. Hi guys. We are brought to you by supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash the Simpsons Show for only two dollars a month. Get access to all of our bonus material, a bunch of uh, a bunch of podcasts that we've released over years now. Uh yeah, you'll have access to for a very low fee. And you help support the show, which we really appreciate. We have someone someone to thank, Matthew. All right. We have a, a new supporter, Sam Bat Batyay? That's my guess. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Sam. Uh, this week's episode is the final episode of season 13. It is Papa's Got a Brand New Badge, episode D-A-B-F-17, originally aired May 22nd, 2002, written by Dana Gould. This is his first episode. Uh, he was fam- pretty famous comedian voice actor. Um, he worked on the show for a little bit. This is his first one. Uh, directed by Pete Michaels, Mike Michels. I don't think I've ever actually re- learned how to actually say that. Uh, in its original broadcast, it received a 5.0 rating, which is approximately 5.3 million viewers. It finished 53rd place together with the first half hour of Celebrity Boxing. Uh, the show's averaged a 3.9 rating among adults 18 to 49, pushing Fox to number two for the night behind NBC in the target demographic. This aired on a Wednesday, I believe, inside, not the normal side. Really? Yeah, which is explains probably why the low rate, lowest, lower rating because yeah. no one was looking for it. I mean, it, as long as you know the well, first, they ha- wanted to push celebrity boxing. Obviously, I sure celebrity boxing, everyone's favorite show. Uh, the couch guy, the Simpsons, run to the couch and find the Blue Man Group performing. This is a repeat. It's fine. It's, Just it was interesting the first time. No, it's just kind of meh. Just like the Blue Man Group. Exactly. So this episode guest stars Joe Montaigne as Fat Tony, who does a fine enough job. Yeah, I mean, he, he does the same job he always does. Yeah. It's it's a good Fat Tony. Yeah, he's he's Fat Tony. He, he You know, it's not going to change much at this point. Um, the episode starts... Matt, I, I'm going to... I lo- here. I'm gonna start off. Tip my hand. I largely like this episode. Yeah, it's very strange. I really expected this episode to be worse. I mean, obviously, we're gonna talk about the ending, but uh, it it kind of makes sense. The whole episode just kind of flows, and it's how you would expect Springfield. It's it's very anarchistic, but beyond that, I'm just like, eh, why not? It's uh, my. We will talk about the ending, but I will also be asking multiple times. Hey, do you remember? Because this episode feels like a lot of other episodes it it has multiple just things from it are just taken directly from previous simpsons episodes uh like the and the episode starts like that which is why i mention it it starts with a heat wave right Simps- the springfield has is facing a heat wave do you remember any other episodes that start that way hmm at least two <laughs> so there's a heat wave in Springfield. We get a montage at the beginning of uh, everything melting, ex- catching on fire, or dying. Um, the We get a montage of the Simpsons waking up. They're all sticky and sticking. Bart is like, goes to turn off his crusty alarm clock and it melts. Homer gets out of bed and Marge is sucked to him. Uh, they're all suffering. I guess this is takes place when Homer never got a working AC for the Correct. house. This is before that, or after, and then the AC is broken again. Who knows? Um, we do see that Springfield Elementary has a working air conditioning, and they're advertising the fact. Really ensure attendance, I guess. I mean, it's like movie theaters back in the early days of air conditioning. How do you get people there? You make them cool. Uh, we we also get a a brief a brief sh- showing of. Other fictional characters going into Springfield Elementary, including Jughead, Fat Albert, and the Fawns. Because, you know, those those kids who they haven't seen in forever uh, finally showed up. Yep. Uh, but we see that all, I, I guess, the air conditioning 
and not just I assume that it's not just air conditioning for Springfield Elementary, but air conditioning among the entire city, maybe not Simpsons, but everyone else, uh, is drawing a lot and a lot a lot of power from the plant, putting the town at risk. Gentlemen, our city's sucking down the juice like my wife at an open bar. Mr. Burns, can your plant handle it? No problem. We've siphoned off extra power from the orphanage. Who are they going to complain to? Their parents? But, sir, we're at full capacity. One more appliance could overload the system. Fear not. Our town has dodged disaster, and I have come out smelling like guest room soap. You know what will cool this place down? A little touch of winter. Dad, no, we're trying to conserve energy. Lisa, if we start conserving, the environmentalists win. It's a blackout. A blackout? Oh, every time Santa and I get together, it's a disaster. Yep, yep, yep. So, uh, the, the, we get a blackout, and the town starts to fall into chaos. Uh, it begins with Lenny and Carl calling each other while they're driving and then crashing their cars into each other. Somehow, somehow they're able to talk to each other on cell phones when the power is out. Matt. Hmm. I, I have to call out the things that don't make sense, Robbie. It's, it's what I do, okay? Uh, okay. There's a lot bigger. You, oh, yeah. you want to call out things that don't make sense, wait until we get to the... the I mean, it's not even that. Oh, yeah. There's, like, most of the things in this episode. If you look too hard on that, don't make sense at all. So, Lenny and Carl crash their cars, and it basically creates... it. That is the impetus for everyone in town to start looting. There's a, 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 so it's all that keeps people from looting uh, is, you know power and police presence yeah it i'm sure there's like no socio-political element to you know you know whenever large riots have broken out in and you know basically mm. anywhere on earth i'm sure there's certainly never socio-political elements that you know make rile people up to the point where they're willing to you know break into businesses and homes it's correct never Never is that the case. It's just people are chaotic and monsters. And the only thing that keeps them together is the police. Because without without the police, people would just do awful things all the time. Sure. Uh, I mean, uh, The Simpsons just told me, Matt, so that must be true. Of course. So the 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 family is sitting out on the roof watching it in their lawn chairs, watching the chaos ensue, I guess. Um, when we see Chief Wiggum finally respond and try and stop the riot. Some repression. All right, everyone, disperse immediately. We are prepared to use force. What? What? We're not prepared, Eddie. Someone call nine one one. Oh, they never come. Thus ends the rule of law. Look at those looters breaking windows, setting fires. They're living my dream, and you won't let me join them. Please, can I throw one little... No. What if I just burn down a... No. Can I at least incite further... No. I've caused enough trouble already by plugging in that Santa Claus. No more irresponsible behavior. Can I have a beer? All right, but not the imported. Homer? You've got to set limits, Marge. No beer! No important to set limits, Robbie. I refuse to believe that Homer keeps imported beer in the house. Yeah, Homer does not seem like the imported beer kind of guy. Like, I 100% believe there's only Duff in the fridge. Well, of course. I mean... I Well, like, maybe like maybe he considers, like, a there's, like, a, a Duff imprint or something that is also... That is, like, brands itself as imported. That's true. Maybe, like, Ger- Germany... D- Duff from Germany or something. And Der Duff. Dare doof, and he calls that. Oh, that's the imported stuff. That's for fancy. Uh huh. I don't know. Um, but that's that's uh, that's how we go to commercial. It ends the first act at five minutes and fifty eight seconds. And when we come back, the town is absolutely wrecked, and everyone is super pissed off. Uh, so they head to town hall, like the citizens of Springfield do, uh, to a meeting where Mayor Quimby attempts to allay their fears. 
The looters stole me glass eye. Ooh, this be a Super Bowl. Back in my day, we had people who stood up to ruffians. We called them men. I agree with the hideous crone. Yeah. Yeah. He is ugly. I think I speak for myself, comic book guy, and bumblebee man when I say I blame Chief Clancy Wiggum. Yeah. You know, it's not just my fault. You were the ones doing all the looting. Oh, sure. Blame the victims. Throw some knockers at his head. What size? People. Rest assured, the police department's ineptitude shall not stand. I am announcing the formation of a Blue Ribbon Committee. Oh, a committee? Did he say Blue Ribbon? Committees don't get any better than that. Man, am I appeased. So, uh, can we keep the stuff we stole? I think that's implied. <laughs> I like the Super Bowl gag. Right. That's the one really good gag here. I, I really do appreciate the... It's a very simple, dumb gag. I really, I like it a lot. But hey, the town's angry at elected officials and call it for change. Does that sound familiar, Matt? Hmm. Nope. Not at all. Not at all. No okay. idea. Never heard it happen before in The Simpsons. What happens next? Next, we go back to The Simpsons, where Marge no longer feels safe uh, after a riot. Again, where have we heard this before? Something involving a gun, I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, so Marge doesn't feel safe. Homer feels like it's his fault, because obviously it is. But he's not going to feel really... Would, he maybe caused the blackout. I would not put... This is actually a time when I would not put any of... The, at least the blackout and the riot not at Homer's feet. But that is actually, like, more reasonable than... I, I think than if it was actually Homer's fault. Like this is it's this makes it more realistic because, it, you know, real life doesn't always isn't always neat and simple. So well, I, that's true. I um, don't I don't need Homer to actually be the cause of all of this. It's just is is Marge is not feeling you know she's not really being rational right now because she's afraid, which is how humans work. And I feel like the reason that everyone or Homer claims it's his fault is i mean he didn't really know that what he did uh caused it but it's everything in the simpsons at least in these seasons has to uh link it back to the simpsons in some way some member of the family so that's basically where we are it's like oh no it had to be homer who did it because otherwise you know some whatever caused this wouldn't be part of the show and that's not allowed cognitive dissonance indeed so uh Lisa gets her Malibu Stacy collection stolen. So once again, just like the stamp collection, the pearls and whatnot from Homer the Vigilante, Homer decides that, no, he's going to solve this crime. Uh, he's going to take it into his own hands. What, so, what, what did you say? Homer the Vigilante? Which is that? Uh, it's uh, this episode that was a spec script, never got made. Thank uh, goodness. Otherwise, they have the same episode twice. I easily. was about to say this. This episode is like 40 percent Homer the Vigilante. And that's really my biggest complaint about all of it is like, guys, it's basically it's not too different. It's it's I mean, they diverge at a certain point, but this second act in particular is super almost all over the vigilante. Well, yeah, because it, like we said, it's Homer taking the response to the crime into his own hands because obviously the police are not doing anything. Literally, that's exactly how the vigilante starts. So, you know, in this case, it just took longer to get there, basically. So, whatever. We're just going to go with it, because it's going to end up in a different place, and a more interesting place, I think. But, you know, we'll see. Uh, so, Homer goes up. He starts looking for clues to exactly, uh, you know, what happened. Uh, his first suspect is Bart, because obviously his first suspect is Bart. It should be. Uh, but in this case, it was not Bart. He finds a hat from the Wooly Bully. And luckily, when he shows up to ask about it... Uh, Jimbo is there looking for a new hat. So obviously uh, it was Jimbo that did it. And so somehow Homer arrests him, I guess the citizens arrest or more likely just kind of drags him extrajudiciously to the police station where he demands they arrest a minor because sure. Uh, and then of course, Homer uh, later on is at the quickie Mart uh, trying to buy some snacks. When once again, snake shows up to, you know, steal from a poo, rob the store uh, I did like the joke that Apu hits the silent alarm and there's a giant voice overhead that says silent alarm activated. <laughs> that was surprisingly good. Uh, but Homer uh, basically grabs the boiling pot of nacho cheese and throws it on Snake, saving Apu. So once again, we get Homer acting as vigilante and decides that, hey, 
he really enjoys saving people uh, rather than hurting them this week anyway. Some weeks is hurting, some weeks is saving. This week is a saving week. Sometimes you help, sometimes it hurt. Exactly. So Homer goes home and starts talking to Marge about, you know, all the different careers he's had and what he wants to do about it now. You know, I've had a lot of jobs. Boxer, mascot, astronaut, imitation crusty, baby proofer, trucker, hippie, plow driver, food critic, conceptual artist, grease salesman, carny, mayor, grifter, bodyguard for the mayor, country western manager, garbage commissioner, mountain climber, farmer, inventor, smithers, poochie, celebrity assistant, power plant worker, fortune cookie writer, beer baron, quickie mark clerk, homophobe, and missionary. But protecting Springfield, that gives me the best feeling of all. If you like protecting people... You can make that your job. You know, start a security company. (gasps) Finally, a way to combine my love of helping people with my love of hurting people. So there are a couple of things about this I really enjoy. Uh, One, obviously, is listening to the many, many different jobs he has had, uh, which is it's almost it's meta textual uh it's not really fourth wall breaking but it's designed to just be funny for you know people who have seen every single one of those episodes like ourselves uh i also think that it's really funny that marge jumps right to you should start a security company not be a cop or start a vigilante group or whatever start a security company because that's what people do nowadays because why start a vigilante group when you can get paid for it and finally that uh, homer's my love of hurting people and helping people at the same time it's like oh that's exactly what homer would want I mean, I, I, this episode is not perfect, Matt. I would not even call it great. I don't know if I would even call it good. Uh, you know, I would call it above average, maybe. I don't know if that is good. But, cause, and mostly my problem with it is it's just, it. I think the largest strength of it is it's funny. The jokes work. The gags work. Like this gag where Homer just lists all his jobs in random succession yeah. of order. It's funny. The, the Super Bowl joke from earlier, funny. Uh, it, it kind of reliable humor and you letting your voice actors, you know, do their job and, you know, because they're very talented and skilled. Uh, but it, th- this episode doesn't have like. It starts off with a really like strong narrative force and like, hey, we're going to push through and like have a compelling driving reason why we're doing things and then from this moment on it's very much like marge just says why don't you start a security company and i was like sure yeah that's exactly what i want to do and then it's just kind of things kind of happen uh, not really i don't know i i don't the, the narrative thrust kind of starts with oh homer does this because marge doesn't feel safe and then it just kind of falls into like, uh, Homer is the cop now? Question mark. I don't you know. It's, there's not really any like nuance to any of this. It, uh, oh, that's what I was going to say. Sorry, uh, real quick. This is uh, also very similar to what happened uh, when Marge became a cop. So in another episode, this is basically the same as. Yeah. Also, it shares similarities with like 15 different episodes. And like, I know. Well, I, yeah. I, I don't expect. I don't expect every episode even up till today, to go, oh, well, we've already done that before, we can't include it. But when the plots are so similar, you should probably try and rub off the serial number a little bit more <laughs> than just, just... And especially, Matt, when you have Homer literally list all the jobs he's already had, you notice they don't list Homer the Vigilante in there. They don't list Vigilante. Not included in, the li- in that list, because it would... It's basically this episode. So, you know, if you're going to do it, be honest about it and say, yeah, we've definitely done this before. I don't know. I really would wish they just, you know, obscured it a little bit more, shifted it to a different direction a little bit more. Maybe if the inciting incident is a different reason, not oh, the town falls into chaos. Everyone feels unsafe because 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 Lisa lost something. Which is literally the reason Homer Vigilante happens. Lisa loses her saxophone. And in this, it's Malibu Stacy gets stolen. And I'm just like, come on, guys. It's not that I don't like the episode. I still like this episode. But I also like Homer the Vigilante. So, mm. Well, that's true. Because, again, this is basically the same with a worse ending. So, you know. <laughs> No, Matt. This ending is the best ending. Anyway, we're going to move on. <laughs> uh, so, yes. Uh, Homer does follow through. He starts a security company. He hires Lenny and Carl, 
basically by bugging them until they give in, because that's what Homer does, once again. Uh, they have a weird commercial with a monster. And this is, I feel like this is where the episode gets a little weird, uh, because this commercial takes at least a minute, and it's just a monster showing up, and Homer and Lenny and Carl showing up to beat up the monster. Well, actually, they just hold the monster while the old lady, the monster, burgled or you know broke into, uh, beats him up, which is just strange at best. He goes on way too long, but not long enough to cycle around to be funny again, kind of thing. So Mo- monster put in wallet. Yeah, yeah. You don't like monster put in wallet? No, I don't. And I don't even like the furry wallet. The furry wallet's the best touch, and I don't care about that either. I don't mind monster put in wallet. It's abs- and I, <laughs> monster put in wallet is uh is all right it's the it's the line that kind of helps redeem i think the commercial which is just odd i will that this is another comparison to homer the vigilante because there is literally in kent brockman in homer the vigilante uh when the cat cat burglar starts stealing things he kent brockman alleges that there's some kind of monster that's breaking into people's houses oh yeah that's true yeah in- inhuman monster like the wolfman mm-hmm yeah okay so, yes, uh, at this point, uh, Spring Shield, which is the company that Homer founded, sorry, left that part out, uh, everyone uses them. Uh, everyone's calling him instead of the cops because, you know, it actually works. Uh, so, sure, uh, Homer walks down the street and everyone loves him. A bunch of ethnic stereotypes compliment him because, it's, of course, it's God, they have it, to show diversity it, in the people who hire Spring Shield. It's the Godfather. It's just the Godfather yeah. again. I know. I know. Uh, but luckily for Homer, uh, Everyone is still has questions about the writing, so Quimby gives an interview uh, where he says he still has complete faith in the police, and that goes poorly. Mr. Mayor, you've been unflinching in your support of Chief Wiggum. Yes, I still believe in our duly appointed police force. Behind these doors are the finest cops ever to wriggle into size 46 pants. Wiggum? <laughs> Am I getting warmer? Clancy, you're a disgrace! And in my blind rage, I hereby turn over all this town's police duties to Homer Simpson and Spring Shield. Woohoo! I'm chief of police! So, yes, Homer is actually in Moe's when this is announced, in his uniform, and uh, Moe basically does his little thing he does in Homer vs. the 18th Amendment, where he pulls the lever and the whole place transforms. Because like, in this case, it transforms into a gambling den rather than a pet shop. Uh, and the Moe realizes, oh, it was, it was much better before. At least, at least the bar was legal. So, and with that, we go to a commercial. When we come back, it is 13, 13 minutes and 59 seconds in. We see the family giving us a, a kind of a brief tour of the police department. We get some gags thrown in there about Bart on a lie detector test. There's a, uh, a town drunk that's in there in the drunk tank. Give us a, it gives us, a, I mean, it's literally the single scene we get of Homer settling into the job, basically. Before he, before the final, like the, the last bit of this plot actually starts and it becomes like the, the major conflict of the story, which is also starting like 15 minutes in, which is my other big complaint. It's like takes it forever to actually get to the main thrust of the story. I mean, that's true. That's true. I feel like if the second act had been the first, like it takes, you're right. It takes way too long, but I can see where they had to get to the point where Homer gets hired as the town's police. They could have done that in one act, maybe an act and a half, but there's a lot of setup to this particular one, so I can forgive them a little bit, but you're right. It takes longer than it should because the rioting and all that crap goes on too. Like the whole power outage thing. Why not just have a power outage and there's rooting, rioting? I, rioting I, plus looting equals rooting, by the way. Rooting. I, I just don't like the Fat Tony stuff. I don't like the mob stuff. I mean, it's entertaining. Like, Don't get me wrong. I like, you know, there's a lot of Sopranos in here because Sopranos was still new at the time. Um, and you know the the mob stuff is as good as it is it can it as it can be after you know a decade of it that we've seen in the Simpsons, but it's more like it seems it seems like a it, like they take a like a ninety degree turn to get to Fat Tony being the problem here. Like, isn't the original idea like oh the town is safe? It, we need to keep the town safe. So to me, like I would think you would go in the Homer being too overzealous in enforcing the law. And so people start questioning, like, oh, we are, you know, we're getting being restricted in our freedoms. And so Homer has to question, like, am I really keeping the town safe or am I just being, you know, like a a dictator? I'm just being, you know, authoritarian monster. Like, 
instead it becomes a question of like how what is he willing to sacrifice to stay a cop and like well why does he doesn't care about that he cares about marge being safe isn't that why he did all this in the first place um and that's my problem with like it's not it's not necessarily bad it's like it makes a certain kind of like within its own context it makes sense it's more about the greater context of this episode that i find it like a little bit squiggly um so as i mentioned homer is now uh going after fat tony uh he stops in and arrests him with some ferret business hurry up boys we gotta get these toy poodles to the pet shop all right fat tony your little game is over Hey, how'd you find us? One of these ferrets is wearing a wire. You're not a pet, and you're not a friend. You're nothing to me. With this latest arrest, Springfield is now free of crime, although overrun with ferrets. Happy days, people. Truly happy days. Daddy, how come you're not at work? I don't know. How come you're not at school? My teacher says she's tired of trying. Yeah, well, so am I, Ralphie. So am I. Hey, it's Bill and Marty on the line right now with Springfield's very own Fat Tony. I wish to announce that my associates and I will gun down Homer Simpson if he has not left town by noon tomorrow. (gasps) (gasps) Wow, that's quite a threat. Do you have a song request? Radar Love. And then, then Homer is worried for a moment and then sings along with Radar. If we're going to cut anything, Matt, Homer's singing Radar Love. I will. That's true. I'm, I don't want, I don't want that. I, it, 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 this is the thing. We're like, Homer is so good at his job, there is no crime in Springfield now. And apparently, Wiggum is depressed at home, but why are we seeing Wiggum? What, is it, what does Wiggum have to do with anything? Yeah, because it's the weirdest thing with Wiggum, because you know, we don't really care about him. He's not integral to the plot. Like in Homer versus the 18th Amendment, Wiggum is part of the plot to get everything back to normal. In this case, he just shows up at the end. Like, who cares? Yeah, and it, I mean, I don't really care about Wiggum at the end, honestly. That is completely fine with me. It is his inclusion here where he's suddenly like a depressed guy, which is very much to, uh, what's the other, uh, uh, that's the episode where where, Hom- where Wiggum, is that versus 18th Amendment? Yeah, where he had to, like, sell the handle and most of the trigger to feed his family or whatever. Yeah, it's also there. Another reminder of a different, better episode. So, Fat Tony's starting Homer says he's going to kill him by noon tomorrow. And and it's at this point where the episode kind of falls apart. Like, I appreciate how simple that the idea is, oh, if Homer is in town, he is going to get killed by Fat Tony, which, Pretzel Wagon episode again. Mm Mm-hmm. Also, another episode where they do a similar thing where at a certain point, the mob's going to come and kill people. Like, you already did it. So, Simpsons did it. The South South Park episode. Simpsons did it. Except the Simpsons themselves have already done the thing that they're doing. So, right. I this is a, I don't understand this, Matt. And we will talk about it. But Homer goes to church to ask for help from the community. You all know me. I've kept the streets safe for you and your children. I've tricked or treated at many of your houses. Last year, I was Jar Jar Binks. Now, who will stand and fight with me? <coughs> I'm with you, Homer. Shut up, Flanders. Anyone else? What about you, Dr. Hibbert? Oh, um, well, I'd, I'd love to help you, Homer, but I have too darn much to live for. I, I just discovered Thai food. I'd help you, but I have yet to kiss a human girl. And I've got a TiVo full of unwatched Darm and Greggs. Sorry, Homer. I'm a coward now, like all recovering alcoholics. After everything I did, you're going to abandon me? (coughs) Homie, please. Why don't you just leave town? What? And let them come after you and the kids? We could come with you. In one car? With no air conditioning? And the little poop machine going every 20 minutes? A little poop machine. <laughs> yeah, which, I'm, you know, they mention Maggie here, and she does factor into the ending of the episode, so at least he mentions her. But this is the one scene where it just, this is the thing that fails to me, it, completely. Where I don't, Homer is not doing it for the town. He's doing it for March. That mm-hmm. That is, we are given the reason why he's doing the things he's doing. If the town doesn't support him, wouldn't he just quit? 
and let Fat Tony be in charge. Like, and and then Marge goes, well, we can, and Lisa's like, why don't we just go with you? We can leave. And he's like, no, that's, that is hard. It, road trip's hard. I don't, it's just it's just like very much like them going, oh, we don't know how to get out of this. So we just say Omer thinks it's hard to go on to travel with his family, which is absurd to me. Uh, there's also a weird line in here about Barney saying he can't help because alcoholics are cowards or yeah. for, former former <sighs> alcoholics, former alcoholics are cowards. That's what he says. And I'm, I don't know. Wh- like, I want to say that that's supposed to be like some weird joke about the trope about tropes of former alcoholics and stories and stuff except i don't i'm not aware of any of them so or, or like i don't know what it it's it takes a lot of courage to face it, your own addiction so i don't know what what they're what they're referencing me neither that's why i was that's why i put it in the notes i'm just like this makes no sense where did this even come from i don't either but no one helps homer so he just holds up in his house and like, I don't, and like, that's, I, I, I don't understand. Like, there's no, like we are, you're supposed to be feeling like a threat because, Oh no, we're afraid for Homer. He's going to get killed by the mob, but we don't know why he's doing this. It just makes him look like an idiot. This is not, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel courageous to me. And I, I assume that's what they want us to feel about Homer at this point. They wanted us to feel like courageous with, him, him standing up to Fat Tony, but Fat Tony isn't the reason all this. So okay, it doesn't make sense. We get Lenny and Carl hiding inside the jail, whatever, and then we get an extended Soprano sequence, Matt. Very extended, where we see everyone, basically everyone in the Sopranos except for James Gandolfini. They have a caricature. None of them talk, but they're there. They're called the Jersey Muscle. They visit with Johnny Tightlips, and they're all there, and they go with, they drive with Fat Tony to the Simpsons' house, and this is when we get the entire extended intro of The Sopranos, and instead of The Sopranos, obviously, it's all The Simpsons' sites. I'm torn about this segment, Matt. Oh, really? Were you a big uh, Sopranos fan? I like The Sopranos well enough. It's more just... I think it's very well done. You know, one, the Sopranos intro music is very, very good. It matches the tone of that show and of, you know, the way they want you to make you feel. It it, it does a really good job at that. And they 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 did a good job of, of replicating that intro and the cuts. And But it says The Simpsons and Springfield. And we get to see, you know, the tire fire and Lard Lad and a bunch of other Simpsons stuff. I like all that. It just is... It goes on for a really long time. Well, yeah, this seems like one of those episodes where they kind of had to fill time. Yeah, I, I, I don't. But it doesn't feel like it's filler because it that took a lot of work. Not maybe not from the writers, but certainly from the production right. production crew to 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 keep those cuts similar to the Sopranos intro. That seems like it is difficult. Um, so it's weird. Uh, the mob shows up at the Simpsons' house. And Homer faces off with him. Any last words, Simpson? Yeah, you can kill me, but someone will take my place. And if you kill him, someone will take his place. And that's pretty much the end of it. The town will be yours. All right, let's do it. Dibs on the crotch. He's got backup. Somebody does care. Johnny Tightlips, can you see the shooter? I see a lot of things. You know, you could be a little more helpful. Homie, I'm so glad you're alive. Yeah, but this town doesn't deserve me. I'm giving this badge to the next guy I see. (laughs) That's funny, because this is how I got the job the first time. (laughs) <laughs> I'm so glad this all worked out. Thanks for saving my husband, Chief. Uh, hey, I didn't shoot anybody. They took my gun, they took my badge. Hell, they would have taken my squad car if I hadn't hid it under some hay. Well, then, who shot all the gangsters? They must have a guardian angel. 
with a rifle. Time to check in on our little sweetie pie. Oh, she's taking a nap. Yeah, probably dreaming about the time she shot Mr. Burns. <laughs> she's just like Clark Kent. When there's lots of excitement, she's nowhere to be found. Nighty night, sweetie. Yep. So, to spell out what happens there, Homer goes out to have a showdown with the mob. Uh, he's about to get shot and killed by all of them. And then a unseen sniper takes them all out without killing them, by the way. Yes, everyone is, is rolling on the ground with their, you know, shot in the shoulders and arms. And they no, we the, the, the family doesn't realize who it is. The mob doesn't know who it is. But we see that it is Maggie in the upstairs window with a rifle, which if a rifle shot was coming from directly behind you, above you, kind of figure out who it who it could be the sound i mean i guess it would be so loud that you wouldn't even know but of course they don't even talk about how how yeah, loud plus a rifle shot from that short of range would really hurt even if it was a low caliber round like it wouldn't be oh my arm would be like oh half my arm is missing yeah what's again Matt, the, the reality of this this is a baby that is doing this by the way i just that is the yeah. thing that that and that is how the episode ends with the baby maggie literally you know maggie has saved homer's life multiple times at this point is this too far for you are you asking me or are you asking our listeners because to me yes this is too far like i get where you're going this the whole you know maggie shot mr burns kind of thing this whole episode seems like it was cobbled together from little pieces of other plots and that that can work but this is just a bridge too far yeah, yes man my the audience is not going to respond to me so i'm asking you is this too far i I I don't know. I it it is absurd and no of course and but, but we've seen Maggie do ridiculous things before and she's never seen no no one no one else realizes she does them. How is this different from that when she like jumps and catches a, something that's about to hit Homer in the head? A baby can't do that in real life. Is it just because it's one time it's not her like actually firing a rifle is that just too many steps? basically like firing a gun is a very complex thing and they make it very easy in the who shot mr burns kind of thing uh because it's like oh yeah it literally fell into her hands and went off in this case she literally like runs the rifle around like she picks it up and moves it and she shot a whole bunch of different people not by accident that's a bit too much uh, yeah, I don't know. It might it, this ending I think is a little too much. I think there's a way to do it that is a little bit more subtle. And makes it makes it I think you can do the same ending where Maggie is the person theoretically that is saves the day, but you do it subtly. You do it like, you know, like the end of Who Shot Mr. Burns, you know, Burns is like, oh, the mag, the baby, arrest her. And Wiggum's like, no, we can't arrest a baby. No one's going <laughs> to. No one's going to. No, no, uh, no jury in the world's going to. Texas. Except possibly Texas is going to convict a baby. And then at the very end of the episode, it goes, dur, 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 zoom in on Maggie's face. Maybe, oh, maybe Maggie did mean to do it. And if you have those shots come from nowhere, you never see Maggie with a gun. And then suddenly, and they go put Maggie to bed. Maggie's just being a baby. And then they find a rifle in her bed with her. And then they're just like, why is this rifle here? And then they just try and pass off maybe, well, maybe the shooter was up in this, it was in this room, et cetera, et cetera. And then it does another similar kind of, you know, funny ending, zooming on Maggie, winking at the camera, something like that. I think that works. I think it, I think what breaks it is actually seeing Maggie shoot a rifle because it looks ridiculous. It looks absurd. Um, I would, that's my, my, but my crime, my levying, my levies against this episode are basically all of that, though, writ large. It's just it's like there's no subtlety here. It just wholesale steals things from previous episodes and does them over again. And like, I don't mind if you use a similar plot again. You have to. It's, we're in almost to 300 episodes. I understand. I get it, guys. Uh, you, you're gonna, you, there's only so many plots in the world. I got it. But you got to be a little bit more subtle. You got to be a little bit more smarter. You got to be a little bit more clever about it. And I think that's my biggest problem with this episode. It's just not very clever. It's like a it's like a hammer. It's just like hitting you in the face. And you know, like it's funny. I think it's entertaining. It doesn't. 
there's no gigantic plot holes. You know, I don't think the third act works thematically with the rest of the episode, but it makes sense. It's not complicated. Like, Homer arrests Fat Tony, Fat Tony wants revenge, Homer sticks up to him. It doesn't really, like, tell a story along with the rest of the episode as, as well as it could, but Homer the Vigilante doesn't really either, because it ends with it's a mad, 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 mad world sequence. Which is entertaining. I mean, there as are well. a lot of bad endings, as we'll get to in our question for the last week. I mean, this ending, I, I would not like. I don't really. Again, Matt, it's really just a question of how you dis, you, how you show Maggie shooting. I don't theoretically an ending where Maggie shoots a bunch of mobsters from hiding, and then Homer just passes off his badge to Wiggum is fine. Fine ending. I think if the like the five minutes prior to it set it up better, that ending would be perfectly fine. It's really the fault of the... I would I would put the fault at the five minutes prior to the ending, not the ending itself. If you say so, I still just believe that having Maggie be the one who's shooting thing is just weird enough that I'm just like, well, you could have had a better ending. She shoots this. Mr. Burns, Matt. A gun fell into her hands and went off, okay? That's not the same as shooting somebody. I'll tell the jury that, and that you know, when I go to jail for shooting Precisely. someone. I'll say, oh, the gun fell into my hands and then went off. I did not fire the gun. Of course not. What about the times Maggie saves Homer's life? Are those just accidents, too? I think they've been working towards this for a while, quite frankly. Like, how how much can we get away with with Maggie realistically being a baby? And I think up until now, I was willing to be like, oh, maybe kind of sort of. Although when she pulled him out of the ocean, I also rolled my eyes a little bit. <laughs> But this is this is just too far for me. What about the great escape sequence in uh, um, March March play uh, New Orleans play episode? I can't remember the name, but uh, uh, <sighs> the great escape sequence. Oh, streetcar, yeah, yeah. Oh, street, um, streetcar named March. I can believe that. I can believe that that a one year old baby does all those things. Yes, uh, I will tell you that they cannot do that. One year old babies can't do anything. That's true. They lay there. That's about all they can do. They are they are just little tiny blobs, and they, I mean they're cute generally, and but they don't they're not escaping from anything. So Matt, I just you know, you're gonna I again I would say all you do is not show Maggie shoot, and it fixes it. There's just enough doubt that it makes it fine. Uh, I still think this episode is largely watchable it's it it is the kind of you know al genier episode that i don't mind uh it has it has its laughs it it you know it steals from other episodes but i i still find it watchable i still liked watching it that's true it, it's it's not like brain numbingly uh bad like some of the other episodes oh no i like compared to scream pillar oh god it's like leagues ahead let's not mention that what scream pillar no 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 we're not talking about that sexually attracted to fire uh-huh see there's funnies in it. there's funny bits in it um we'll rank it at the end of the show hey matt robbie is this episode broken <laughs> the genuine enthusiasm i love to hear matt no i don't think uh -huh. it's, it's not i don't think it's broken no it, I, I it, it, it functions it's not it's not perfect but it works uh we can move on to our next segment it's time for comments from the news group Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comments to News Group is where I look at the nohomers.net forum after episode came out. See what people thought about the episode at the time. Immediate reaction. It's like YouTube reaction videos, except in text form. Nothing, Matt. I don't get anything out of it. I, I thought that was Nothing good. Nothing at all. I thought that was good. It was good. It, w it was good, but you know. I expect quality work from you, so yeah. You know. I need positive reinforcement, man. All right, you know, whenever Probably I do, you did amazing. Congratulations! Thank you, I appreciate that. I need an attaboy once in a while. All right, give me an attaboy. Of course. Uh, I need a throw me a bone, not literally. I was about to say it'd be very hard for me to throw that all the way to Austin, unless there's a stake attached to it, and then I absolutely want I want that bone. <gasps> okay, we'll see. Okay. Uh, this episode was almost universally praised by the uh, forum. Wow. Okay. They really, really liked it. Uh, only four percent. Only, only actually four people each voted for one and two out of five. So that's one point eight two percent. Both thought it was a two or one out of five. So ninety six percent plus thought this was a three out of five or better. The vast majority uh, give it a, a 
a least average, a good to great, uh, and over 50% gave it a perfect score. Uh, some reviews. Best episode, best episode of the season, in my opinion, The Sopranos parody, Homer listing his jobs, and The Mafia were all great. This episode was actually fun to watch. It was entertaining. It had my attention the whole time. Can't think of anything bad in the episode. It's a great episode overall, 5 out of 5. Uh, next, overall, a very fine episode. It's definitely the best Homer gets a new job episode in the last couple of years. Only drawbacks, in my opinion, were the ending and some jokes that dragged on too long, such as Homer saying you're I love, Fat Tony driving around, and Homer listing off every job he's ever had. I also think the feud between Homer and Fat Tony could have been a little bit better. But still, overall, this episode feels solid. It was a nice way to close out season 13, which has been a great, re- great rebuilding year, Matt. Would you agree with that sentiment? I wouldn't call that person crazy. It's a great rebuilding year. This season has been a great rebuilding year. I mean, after season 12? <laughs> uh, I mean, I do. I should remind you that, like, there is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten season 13 episodes in the bottom 50 of our rankings. Yeah, but the rest that's of the bottom 50 that's is pretty half- much season 1, 11, and 12. Season 10 in there too, Matt. Don't forget season 10. Uh, I'm just saying half of this season is in the bottom 50. I know, I know. I just, it feels better than season 12. I was less rage-induced on a lot of them. Well, yes, but use the word great. That is really, I would call it a rebuilding year, certainly. I would Mm -hmm. not call it a great rebuilding year. A great rebuilding year is, I would, like, season 9 levels of episodes. Taking us back to, like, a kind of a a more a stable place. Um, uh, our final review. Uh, ah, I'm in the minority here. I can tell, but this episode wasn't anything special. Every aspect of the plot seemed rehashed. The story rambled; didn't seem to go anywhere. And the many uh, the jokes seemed forced. One more nitpick: Lenny and Carl are getting really old now. Yeah, I also agree. I don't. Yeah, Lenny and Carl work better best in small doses. Um, still, it did have its moments. Wiggum, one of my favorite characters, and Fat Tony were both great as usual. Maggie was pretty funny, if the joke about Maggie using gun is getting a bit old. There was some also nice use of music. Best part of the episode may have been that driving bit with Fat Tony. Plus, overuse of Lenny and Carl aside, there was some nice use of Zai characters. Still, overall, not anything special. Dana Gould has slightly redeemed himself from the atrocious Homer the Mo. Oh, Dana Gould wrote Homer the Mo? Mm. Huh. Wow. Pity. Homer the Mo is okay, right? Or is that terrible too? I can't remember any of these I'm episodes. I'm pretty sure that one was pretty terrible. That that one's in our bottom fifty for sure. Oh, it is. I was thinking of it, that's, that's, it's right that's next the one to where the guy walks into the water. Oh, right, right. It's next, to, I was thinking Pygmalion, which is also terrible. I'm like, it's better than Pygmalion, right? It's only one. It's literally right above Pygmalion. So, yeah, Homer the Mo is not good. I didn't realize the angle had written Homer the Mo. Okay, then I retract everything good. Everything good I said about him. Yeah. Uh, uh, overall. A C plus or a three out of five, which I think is fair. Uh, but that's it for the forum. We can move on to our next segment. It is time for the listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog. We have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week, Matt, is what is the worst? Ep- was the episode with the worst ending? And I had forgotten about some of these. Me too, because some of them are newer. Some of them aren't in the seasons we have done. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. No, there's a lot of very bad endings. Um, I included a, there's there's a lot of ones. Some of them a little bit wordy. Uh, as you guys keep your patience while I read them. Uh, I I just thought they were very they're well written. Our 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 listeners are are intelligent people. Uh, from Jenny, I've said it before and I'll say it again. The trouble with trillions. The episode had actual potential, but they messed it up by adding stupid stuff in the middle and wasting value, but it's to actually give the episode a decent ending. Uh, from Lauren, you want a rant? Because this is how you get a rant. I don't know if it's technically the ending, because I didn't want to rewatch the episode, but I'm going with it. My answer is one word. Elves. Elves. Mother-freaking-elves. Why, why, why? Salasaur Galactica was okay before the elves came into it. It was cute and sweet with a relationship between Duncan and Bart. Had some funny cartoonish moments. Overall, it was entertaining at first. Then what they couldn't figure out how to finish it, so they used elves? Are you freaking kidding me? The guy who pitched that should have smacked with a rolled up newspaper. No. Bad. Bad writer. I mean, my cat is smarter than this idiotic ending, and she eats plastic. Who thought this was a good <laughs> idea? How did it move out of writer's room? Stupid, stupid ending. Rant finished. I'm out. I will. I hear that is accurate. 
that's worthy worthy rant uh from aj i actually have a very recent episode for this e my sports remember that one matt the sports episode it's really recent right it is is, it's last season uh from what i remember it has a promising start with bar getting into esports gaming and homer both bonding and encouraging him but as usual getting carried away with it ends with homer going to a buddhist temple learning the concept of zen by destroying creations proceeds to shut down the power of the finals of bart's game effectively destroying the plot and purpose if the episode as well I get what they're trying to go for but it didn't really work for me would have preferred a resolution of the main plot rather than homer just destroying it that's unfortunately how a lot of the times they try and resolve newer episodes is just what's a there's an artful way to get out of this. Then there is just the blunt force way to get out of it. And they usually go side with the blunt force way. Because that's the easy way. It is the easy way. Next up is Eric. I think the singing jockeys in the horse episode is a clear winner. While the show has gone quite downhill in general over the years, this has to be some of the laziest, dumbest writing ever achieved in the history of television. Uh, Alistair, the one with the koala wearing a masquerade mask, made me furious as a teen. I haven't watched it since. Oh, my computer wore the computer menace wore red shoes, man. Oh yeah, I understand. I mean, if you don't, you didn't watch Prisoner. That episode makes zero sense, so I completely understand. Hannah, the blue and the gray. That episode makes me so upset. Yes, let's make Homer a pickup artist. Have Homer undermine their relationship and make Marge insecure about having gray hair. How does it end? Marge goes on a rampage and looks like a witch. Then Marge goes back to dyeing her hair with a so intense it gives her brain damage because she would never, ever show her age. Of course not. How dare oh, she? There's, there's little doubt in my mind. Matt and I have mentioned this multiple times so far. We'll be mentioning it many, many times over the years. This show does no one dirty like it does Marge dirty. Poor, poor Marge. Probably because there have been very, very, very few women who actually helped make the show. And very, very few running female characters. Uh, next from Aaron. Someone has already mentioned the singing jockey, so I'm going to go with the end of Monty Can't Buy Me Love. Want a shrimp cocktail? Bwah. Yeah, they're not great. End of episode. At least one of the dumbest episodes of the show is quickly put out of its misery with that abrupt, pointless ending. Uh, Patrick, Missionary Impossible, the whole ending with Betty White and the Fox anime character cameos was a waste, and a Family Guy bash wasn't needed. Puffless. The whole Patty and Selma trying to quit smoking plot was a waste only for them to go back to smoking. Uh, the, the Maggie and Return of Spider-Pig Spider B-plot is a better ending the whole episode. And finally, Simpson Rama. Wasted ending when they will never do a sequel with Bender still in the family's basement in two episodes. Would it be easier to do an episode where Bender joined the f- cast until the show ends? That's true. <laughs> uh, from Rebecca. Remember one where the school became segregated by gender, so Lisa went in disguise as a boy and preferred all, and preferred all their rigorous lessons. Then ending with someone asking, so really, why don't why don't girls do as well as boys at math? And then it cuts to credits. Makes me so mad, especially since if the data didn't even support that conclusion in reality. Anyway, I acknowledge I could be remembering it all wrong because I now refuse to watch that one. Um, it's vaguely that from my recollections, but I think it I think it is try I think it is trying here. This is my what I think their intent was is to say that Lisa is correct and that yes. The, the premise of the episode is that Lisa is obviously as smart as any of the boys and smarter than any of the boys. And actually, yes, real life data does demonstrate that girls do better in STEM than boys do. Uh, I think the show is trying to s- subvert that by having all the boys cut off Lisa when she's trying to make her claim about all this stuff to try and reinforce the fact that men are terrible. And, you know, whenever women are trying to make an argument, men just yell at them until they stop talking. That is what I think they're trying to do. Do I think they are ultimately successful in that? Eh, 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 maybe not. That's that's the real question. Yeah. 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 Uh, next from Zach at Zakowalski. Bonfire of the Manatees, although everything about this episode is awful. Uh, yeah. Correct. Ian at Jandor 2015. I'm a definite hater of Lisa Goes Gaga. An already bad episode ends with a Lisa and Gaga duet about being herself, which didn't seem to get at the meat of the issue. I much prefer Lisa feeling antagonized by Gaga, whose help felt bizarrely misplaced. Uh, from Gene and Eugene R. McGrath. The three-eyed fish that provoked Grating's ire. Uh, Allison at M. Amrethis, 1258. The great money caper. Don't know how to end an episode? Surf's up! Yeah, oof. Uh, Denise and Carmen Simpsonology. Old man and the Lisa. She should have taken the money and done something good with it, damn it. Which I agree with. Uh, Adam at Zero Year 27. Probably DOS Bus. However, they are just saved by Mo. I get what they're trying to do, I guess, but I prefer a real ending. Matt, what is your answer? 
Well, Robbie, I think we all saw this coming. It is definitely Das Bus. <laughs> Why? Obviously, Why, Das man? Bus. They were saved by, oh, let's say Mo. I mean, really, there are several episodes at the end like that. I, I mean, you have the the Elve episode, and there are a couple more, where, like the Prisoner episode, where they just end, and nothing is reset or whatever. But Das Bus was the first one where I thought, okay, this episode is okay. And then it just cuts off. It's like, no, no, and more no. Counterpoint, Missionary Impossible, Matt, because that's my answer. Uh, Missionary Impossible is a bad episode, and it's certainly not helped by how terrible that ending is, where suddenly Betty White's there? What? Mm -hmm. But Homer, there's a volcano. He's going to die, and he's going to lose the little tiny Lisa analog, too. And he's failed. And you finally got to the point where something interesting is happening to your main character, where he's actually facing consequences for his actions. Oh, we ran out of time. T- the TV people show up. Uh, no. 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 Uh, next question is, what is your favorite moment from season 13? Despite the fact that I did say there are 10 season 13 episodes in the bottom half. Down <laughs> 50 of our list. They are still a lot of good moments in season 13. Um, and what is your favorite? I'll post this question on all our social media, facebook.com slash the Simpsons Show Pod. Uh, you can reach us on Twitter at Simpsons Show Pod. And you can email us at Simpsons Show Pod at gmail.com. Guess what, Matt? What? It is time for the final challenge, the final showdown. It is time for the No Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S M R T. I mean, S M A R R T. The No Goal Trivia Challenge, where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, one hard, and try and stump the other. Matt has a one-point lead on me, and this is our final episode of the season. My final chance at victory and redemption. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll see. Matt, are you ready for an easy question? I'm ready. These are all from Homer the Vigilante. Oh, snap. Well, I didn't see that coming. No, of course not. Who is the Springfield Cat Burglar? I believe that is Malloy. That's correct. The guy, the old guy in Grandpa's Rest Home. All of your questions are from Rosebud. Ooh. Who is Bobo? Who? I mean, as far as I know, Bobo is not alive. I would call it a what, but Bobo is a stuffed teddy bear. Okay, sorry, you're right. What is Bobo? Bobo is a stuffed teddy bear. You are correct. It's very cute. Taking a lot of punishment over the years. Missing an eye. Yep. Your reading question, Matt. What, at what address does Moy say the treasure is buried? Oh. Oh, God. Oh, man. I know this. I know this. What address? It's under a big <sighs> T, Matt. I know. We need more information. It is. Matt. I know. I know. I know. I know. I don't know. 4723 Maple Valley Road. Ah, I knew Maple Valley Road, but there was no way I was going to get the numbers. Dang it. You take her. You, it's actually you, really close to the Simpsons epi- uh, address in. Um, you only moved uh, twice. Yeah. Maple Systems Road. Yes. Uh, you take you, you go down Route 201. You make a left. <laughs> you make a left. That's a left. A left. A left. What's my medium question? Matt? Your medium question. What is Homer's opening price for Bobo to Mr. Burns in their initial negotiations? Hmm. I'm going to go with my gut. $100,000. Ooh, I'm sorry. Is a million dollars in three Hawaiian islands good ones and not the leper ones? Uh, okay. I knew it was a lot. I didn't know how much. All right. Your hard question, Matt. Okay. What year was the Springfield Cat Burglar established? Oh, uh, it was... God, I want to say 1939. I'm sorry. It's 1957. Is that supposed to be the year he first started cat burglaring or the year he was born? Because he's way too old to have been born in I assume that's when he started being a cat burglar. Okay. I knew it was one of the other. I, I, I was thinking something in the 50s, but then there's no way he would have had been born much older than that. Whatever. I mean, it, if he's born in the 30s, let's say, and he's in his 20s, he, be, he starts becoming a cat burglar. That makes certain kind of that sense. That does make sense, yeah. What's my hard question, Matt? This is it. This is everything okay. is on the line. If I get this right, I win. Right. If I get it wrong, I lose. All right, Robbie. How many men did the Arctic ice harvesters lose on the mission where they picked up Bobo? Well, I don't think I know it, but there are only so many numbers. I will say they lost ten good men. I'm sorry, Robbie. It was four. Ah! 
<laughs> you were so close, my friend. So close. I was going for a big round number. We lost four men. Mm-hmm. You got to sell us more than a dollar a bag. We lost four more men on this expedition. <laughs> Somebody, somebody's got to tell a poo there's a better way to make ice. I know. It's not like you could just pour make water, water cold. Pour water into the the receptacle where that ice is being stored. <laughs> yeah. Well, Matt, you won by one point. By one point. See, I'm not I'm not blowing you out of the water, so I feel better about that. This is uh we we both scored higher than either of the the, the previous two seasons. So we we we, are, we did better this wow. year on in general. Uh not nearly as good as we have in previous seasons. We've got absolutely got harder on each other over the seasons, but we are doing better over the from over the last two where neither of us got over uh 50. So we both hit 50 this year, this season, I should say. So there's Which that. We're going easier on each other. Mm, I would I would like to, I'm going to say I'm a glass half full type of guy, Matt, and say that we're both getting smarter. Let's hope so. I mean, it's also that we're asking questions of seasons we hate. So I feel like we don't know these seasons as well. So we ask easier questions, possibly. Shh, shh, shh. Quiet, quiet, Matt. Don't say that. Okay. Um... We need to figure out what we're doing about if if we're suffering any punishments yeah. at all because we haven't done any of them lately because it's painful and we don't want to hurt ourselves. That is accurate. Uh, I think I, I my thought process is basically we you here. This is my idea, Matt. You pick a charity. I will I will donate fifty of my own dollars to that charity, and then I will also give that that information on that charity to our listeners and they can donate if they'd like that's a great idea and we can help help out some good cause so think on that and mm-hmm. our in our next our first episode of next season we can we'll announce a, a, a nice good old charity that people can support if they'd like to with that we can the plan move on to our final segment segment we end every single episode with it's time for best episode ever best <laughs> episode ever Best episode ever is the part of the show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically. We watch them chronologically, eventually compiling lists of every episode ever, and how good they are. Hmm. This is a tough one, because like you said, it's a decent episode, but the ending is obviously dumb. So we're definitely not looking like bottom 50, I don't think. No, I'm looking at right about 200 in that neighborhood. So what's a 200? 200 is Day of the Jackass. I definitely agree. That's a good spot for it's, right about it, that's Bartha General. It's, I, I, it, it, it's in that neighborhood. Uh, I don't want to necessarily say it's better or worse than any of them, but mm-hmm. I, I think it's better. I will say this. I think it's better just off the top, just off my dome. I think it's better than Pokemon. I would definitely agree about that. I, I actually think it's better than New Kids on the Black, which is a decent episode, but was very gimmicky with uh, the whole uh, subliminal messages and whatnot. I was actually looking up around, uh, I think, 194, Simpson and Delilah. I don't think it's quite as good as that, so I give, I feel like that gives us a good range. Yeah, I don't think it's good as, I, I, you know, that is true. The front, I don't like the front that much. Yeah, it's strange, because uh, it feels like it should be a good episode, but it's just kind of not. I mean, it's, they... They do. They've done. I think they they keep doing. Basically, they don't. I don't think they ever really stopped. They keep doing those. The you know episodes that are meta commentary on cartoons in general, and it's usually for. And in the early years, they were all itchy and scratchy cartoons. They are all like it was. You know when Ma, when Marge gets upset about the violence in them, we get the front, which is Bart and Lisa writing episodes under the guise of Abe. That you know, I don't think any of them really succeed until we get to Itchy and Scratchy and Poochie show. Like I don't think until we get there is when we get to an actual good one. Uh, the rest of them, I think, are flawed and a little bit too smart for their own good. Um, the the uh, what's his face the the rocket the gold gold plated rocket car. Uh, what's his face that guy that that's another Chester one. Chester J. Lampwick. Chester J. Lampwick. That's another episode. That's a little bit better, but still not quite. It's, it's very you know again. We have with that's Lester and Eliza, you know, where it's just like, hey, poking yeah. fun, of, poking fun of themselves. That's a little too showy for my taste. Um, I would say this is better than the front. I th- think. I think this I, is I better agree. than the. I think this is better than the front. Not as good as Simpsons and Delilah. That's exactly where I was thinking. How weird. Oh, I mean, we are pretty smart guys. 
Uh, so that's at new number 195 is Papa's got a brand new badge. I would also say that if Homer the Vigilante didn't exist, this episode would probably be 50 spots higher. That's true. But unfortunately, Homer the Vigilante does exist. So I can't really... I'm going to judge this a little bit on the curve. Um, and pretty much every episode from here on out that is basically aping a previous episode that is better than it, I'm going to probably knock it down a few pegs because it's standing on the shoulders of giants, as you might you might say. Ed Zachary. Zachary? Um, who's Zachary? Uh, well, the guy's name is Ed, but, uh, you know. Ah, I see. Doc. Uh, you can find this list at a website. It's simpsonshow.com. Links to everything there, to our Facebook, to our Twitter, to our RSS feed. Uh, if you're using the RSS feed, make sure to include HTTP colon backslash backslash when you do it. Otherwise, it won't work. Indeed. Um, they will do it for us before you go. You can find me online on Twitter at Robbie Dorman, and you can check out my website. It's RobbieDorman.com, including links to everything I do, my other podcasts, and my two novels, including my newest novel, Truth, a psychological psychological horror story about a news host haunted by a specter of truth. I will be uh, uh, announcing a new novel very, very soon. You can also sign up for my newsletter there and get all it's the- It's terrifying. Oh, jeez. I don't- It is- I, I will I will humbly say that I think it's my best yet, but I'll, you guys would bombard, be bombarded by that as soon as it gets announced, so I will save you for now. Uh, sign up for my newsletter also on my website. Get all that stuff, all that news before you, before you hear it here. Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. Uh, that is true. However, for the holiday weekend, uh, I will be traveling, uh, having adventures with our, our remaining foster kitten. Uh, so you get to see him travel, if you like, uh, with us on the Kitten Interns uh, Instagram page, K-I-T-T-I-N-T-R-N-S. So if you'd like to see a very cute kitten explore a new area and go on a long car ride, you can just follow it right there. Is that Atticus? That is Atticus. He's is our it, only one left. Atticus is going on a, on a trip? He is. He's going to South Carolina with us. I'm... Has he been in the car before? He has not. It's going to be fun. Oh, yeah, fun. I, that's not the word I would describe it, but sure. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. And you keep watching this episode. Shh.